1: You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Just
0: the two.
2: Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm
1: Doge, and I'm gonna call you Chunk Tonio Banderas. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Wait, where's our hunk for the week?
1: Shrunk down, real itty bitty, between the molecules of in our podcast. In the quantum
2: zone, <laughs> he's gone. Well, that's right. In case you're confused, you're listening to the first ever Two Chunks in a Hunk episode where it's only the two chunks, and
1: just like you. We hope that this is the last.
2: (laughs) Similar to you, we are also deeply frightened.
1: Just to give you a peek behind the curtain, Jordan and I are sitting completely alone by ourselves.
2: (laughs) But in our normal spots. But in our normal
1: spots. So we are sitting right next to each other. And I keep keep having to turn my head to talk to you.
2: (laughs) I keep waiting to look directly across the table at Carter and there is no Carter today. he have been shrunk down. Really itty bitty quantum zone. No. <laughs> I think that it would be helpful, uh, before we move too far with this particular episode to, uh, decide if we were going to be like a bug-based superhero that wasn't Spider-Man or Ant Man, like what Mm. the bug would
1: be. Mm. What the bug, dude? What the
2: bug, dude? (laughs) What the
1: welcome to a new segment of Two Chunks Only called What the Bug? In which we decide what bug would we be? Let's do it. Um we like so so ants and wasps and spiders are out. Yeah. Yep. A bug-based superhero and his power set. Uh Easy. Rhinoceros Beetleman. Okay. It's strongest nose in the whole it's world. Such a bad name for a Str- superhero though. It's, his name is RBM. Rhinoceros Beetleman. And his costume looks exactly like the rhino from Spider-Man. And he just has a big horn, but he also has two pinchers. Um, sure. They're, not, they're decorative, purely sure. decorative, but Do he's nothing. very yeah. strong. Uh, and he can roll a ball of poop. Just with his big roll He's a dung beetle, man. Rhinoceros dung beetle, man. Yeah. That's me.
2: Excellent. Excellent. So you're combining two species.
1: It's bug fusion. It's the latest cutting edge (laughs) science. Okay. Bug fusion.
2: (laughs) Okay. Excellent. I would be my, uh, I'd be Skeeto. Okay. The the mosquito man yeah I got that one mosquito (laughs) mosquito and my main my main form of attack would just be flying nostrils first directly (laughs) into my enemies and draining them of all life force
1: nice but like do you get their do you get their powers when you are you like Kirby essentially (laughs) do you get their
2: powers yeah I'm I'm Kirby but I suck it out of them instead of swallowing them whole (laughs) Um, and it it really if you count blood as superpowers then yeah I do get their powers otherwise no I don't. I just get their blood.
1: <laughs> so you have described yourself as precision vampire Kirby. Skeeto. Yep. Awesome. That's incredible. If our voices sound a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just to be candid with everyone listening to this podcast, it is a dumpster fire here at two chunks yeah. HQ. Yeah. Uh, we, our third host got shrunk down really itty bitty quantum room. We both are dealing with some sort of throat situation right now. right now. Situations um, right now. That is not going to stop us from talking about the movie. That we know you've been waiting for.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And that that movie, of course, is called <laughs> Ant Man and, and the, the Wasp. Wasp. And now I do want to be clear: it might keep us from doing a good job.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna do a job. We're gonna. There, and when you listen to this, you'll be sure to say, "Well, that <laughs> was an episode
2: that that was roughly forty-two of an hour of my life." So, Doge, as we jump into this movie, would you be so kind as to hit me and our listeners with a synopsis? I will be
1: exactly that kind Excellent. and not one kindness, more Excellent. or less. Ant-Man and the Wasp continues the story of Scott Lang. Uh, he is on house arrest now. He's taken that as kind of a plea deal uh, in, in exchange for... Not going to jail, sure, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, as plea deals tend As to plea go. deals tend to be. Um And this is just going to turn into a legal podcast where we talk right. about the ins and outs <laughs> of plea deals. I know, jail. Yeah. Um He doesn't like jail, so he doesn't want to do it. Sure. He's on house arrest. uh, And basically, he gets called into action whenever uh Hope Van Dyne and Hank Pym... Uh, begin a new kind of their search for Janet, Hank's lost wife, who has been trapped in the quantum realm since, what, like the
2: 60s, I guess? Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah, like Cold War era. Probably not 60s, that's 50 years, right? Oh my gosh, yeah.
1: It was Cold War era, maybe 70s. We'll say 70s. Early 80s, potentially. Or 90s, or could be 2000s. It was yesterday. There's a lot of decades. It's really all been quick. So she's been trapped in the quantum realm. Uh, and when Scott returned from the quantum realm in Ant-Man 1, uh, it kind of was a new surge of hope for Hank in the search for his wife. Uh, along the way, they are thwarted by Ghost. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. she's a new character that we haven't met before. She, yep. uh, I don't know if it's a power so much as a disability, but she is intangible most of the time. Yeah, like she can't, she phases through highly stuff. blinky, <laughs> blinky, exactly. Yeah. Like the ghost from, uh, from Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why that's why her name is Ghost, actually, because she's blinky. She's blinky like the ghosts. Uh, And they're they're aided uh by Bill Foster, formerly a size-changing superhero known as Goliath. He was a colleague of Hank Pym uh in the eighties, nineties, two thousands, whatever decade you choose. Uh and so working together, our group of heroes. Manages to retrieve Janet from the quantum realm uh, and then continue their very happy existence because nobody's totally going to snap their fingers. Yep.
2: Right. Right.
1: Uh, and and we should say right here, uh, obviously spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, but if somehow still you listen to our podcast, but haven't seen Infinity War, That's we're going to end up spoiling that in this episode. So just yeah. be warned.
2: I would just go ahead and say, if you haven't seen Infinity War, like don't go outside also. Yeah, stay off the internet, don't like watch the news, and you're going to have you a bad care time. care about spoilers and haven't seen Infinity War, just like... Then you don't care about spoilers. Yeah, don't do anything, because yep. it's going to get spoiled for you, without yep. a doubt. Yep. Well, enough talking about this movie. Let's, Let's talk about this about movie. This movie. <laughs> 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 okay, Great. Um, right off the bat, first things first, we've got a little flashback sequence that we kind of open up with. Sure do. Uh, we're, we're looking at Janet and Hank on their way out the door for their Jank, big, actually they're Cank, a couple of names. Yeah, they're a couple yeah, so we're looking at Jank saying goodbye to hope a uh, little, little child hope, um, before they go to their fateful mission where Janet would phase through the missile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is probably the best example of the. Marvel's really the only people doing this right now, but doing the, it well, especially. They do it at almost every movie, I feel like. They where they de-age actors. Yeah. And it's particularly difficult with actors like like Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. we are so well like, known. We
2: know what they used to yeah, look like. Yeah. But
1: I mean, I think you were probably about to say yeah. this, but
2: this is the best use of that technology that I have seen in a movie to this point. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Young it's Michael incredible. Douglas,
2: young Michelle Pfeiffer look unbelievable. I
1: was getting some Billy Magnuson vibes from young Michael Douglas. Okay. Like he looked a lot like and I don't remember if actual young Michael Douglas looked as much like B Mag, but right, he right. really did in this one.
2: Interesting. I could see that. Young Michelle Pfeiffer was unsettling to me. Like how it, it similar it was.
1: Unbelievable. It yeah. It looked like they filmed it 30 years ago. Yeah.
2: It was very strange to see. Uh, and it kind of makes me anxious for what we're gonna be able to do with that technology moving forward.
1: Well, you know, I don't know if you've read the rumor, but they're Reportedly, doing that to Sam Jackson, yeah, for the entire movie, de aging him twenty five years so the movie can take place in the early nineties. Which
2: I mean, who knows how much he will actually have screen time in that movie? But I would imagine it's a good. I I
1: heard he's like a main character. Yeah,
2: but anyway, interesting. That's
1: another movie. Sure, we're talking about Ant Man and the Wasp.
2: And then, sort of the very next thing we get after this uh, opening uh, flashback sequence is, of course, our uh, new Fantastic Marvel ten year uh intro sequence. <laughs> yeah. Which I really like. Yeah, it's good. I think it's cool. I'm I'm gonna be sad to see it go and move on to other It's title their sequences. same it's
1: their same title sequence. Like they've yeah. had that title sequence. It just doesn't turn into the red ten. I like the end.
2: red ten though. It makes me happy.
1: Yeah. Well we can't always get what we want, but we just might find that
2: and, and we get what we need. The hence this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um you wanna sort of talk about what happens next with uh with uh Scott and his daughter? Sure, yeah. It's
1: Honestly, this was a contender for my super pump. Same, yeah. this is the sweetest scene I've ever seen in a very long time. Yeah. Like it's it's he's at home with his daughter and they're playing uh like playing heist essentially. Yeah. And it's very, very sweet. The relationship between Scott and Cassie continues to be a highlight of the Ant-Man better even yeah. in this movie. Oh I my think. gosh, so much better. And I yeah. think it's just because Cassie's older and able to act a little bit more. Sure. And Paul, same yeah. with Paul
2: Rudd, he's a little yeah, bit he's older. Little older. <laughs>
1: he's just been he's really been practicing. <laughs> 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 oh
2: man. And speaking of, Paul Rudd is, I mean, as always, so good. Yeah,
1: I, I feel comfortable, even though Carter's not here, I feel comfortable setting policy for two chunks in a hunk that Paul Rudd is going to be a standing pump. Of yeah. all time. Paul Rudd, to me, rounds out the holy trifecta of the Order of Jason. <laughs> and by that, of course, I do mean Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis. And Paul Rudd is the secret third Jason. Yeah, Because these three men anytime do no they do anything I'm
2: guaranteed to love it kind of toss in uh, Jason Siegel for me a little bit yeah. I do
1: love his work I think Paul is a better Jason than Jason Siegel though
2: I think Paul is a better Jason than all of them he's the truest he's Jason the, <laughs> the, the real Jason will be revealed yeah but it's Paul Paul is the truest just so Jason. everybody knows <laughs> And our, our big Jason boy, uh, in this movie, Jason Rudd, my favorite actor, Jason Paul Rudd really does knock it out of the park in this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. like as a father figure, as a superhero and as just sort of the audience, uh, maybe the word would be like a parallel for the audience um, for us to also go. Yeah. I don't understand this science talk. (laughs) Like he is so perfect in his confusion.
1: Yeah, he's really great.
2: The beginning of this movie uh, is pretty quick, yeah, pretty and fast. I do want to
1: take a dump on that. There's, we've talked about at different points in the show. We've talked about moments where you can see the bones of a story. Yeah, where it's like, okay, we really didn't put enough to disguise the motion of the plot here. Yeah. Like it opens with a voiceover of Hank being like, "Maybe we can find your mom again, hope." Right, and it's like, okay, that's what the movie's gonna be. Like. You know what sure. I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm all for like. Definitely set it up in the beginning. Tell me what the movie's going to be about. But it doesn't have to be like, hey, thanks for coming into our theater today. I know you've just started Ant-Man and the Wasp. Here's just a quick intro about what this yeah. movie's
2: going to be about. Hi, it's me, Michael Douglas. <laughs> today, we're going to be going on a search for Hope's mother. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I think that is a... Uh, it was actually almost my super dump was the pacing really? of this movie. Really, um, It is, I, in my opinion, one of the weakest points about this movie is just like... The beginning and the end happened so quickly and so rapidly And the middle of this movie felt like it was about an hour and a half. The middle of the movie felt
1: right to me, though. Like once we got past that weird little hiccup in the beginning and like if we can just pull the ejector cord and parachute out of the plane right before it lands, I feel like it's a great movie in the middle.
2: See, I actually fundamentally disagree with that. Really? I feel like the middle was the sloppiest portion of the movie. Really? Yeah. I really, really?
1: Okay. Well, let's get to the middle. Yeah. Explain let, that.
2: Let, so, well, let, let's, let's leave the, the beginning in our dust a little bit. Um, I mean, basically
1: it just catches us up on all of our characters in a really kind of clunky way. Right. Um, but they're, uh, Scott and his buddies are own a, a security company called x Yeah. and they're trying to land a big deal and Scott's on house arrest and Hank and Hope are looking for Janet.
2: Right. Um and so I would uh, and maybe what what we're seeing here is that we're coming to a disagreement on what classifies the middle of this movie. Okay. Um because for me the middle of this would be from about right after they have their first meeting with Walton Goggins' character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way up uh roughly until um maybe they start to kind of come up with uh their own separate plan for how to get their building back.
1: That is exactly what I'm defining as a building. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that works really well. I think like if you pick it up at Hope's meeting and like, that's our cold open is Hope meeting with Walton Goggins. Start with that and then backfill all the details. We don't need all the setup before that. Sure. And then to me, I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it gets sloppy again until the very end. When we get back from the quantum realm.
2: See, I actually feel like maybe what, what, what is happening here is that for me, I was more interested in the movie that was being set up in the first 30 ish minutes than I was in the movie that was presented to me for the middle hour. Okay. Um, now if the first 30 minutes didn't exist, I think I'd probably agree with you. But to me, this, this movie, uh, I mean, they, they set up this awesome idea of, uh, Ant-Man of Scott having to find a way to keep the FBI at bay while he is under house arrest at his house. But really, I mean, is, we find out that it's so easy for him to yeah, just return that's, home.
1: That's not the story of the movie. Yeah. yeah and that's what you, you wanted to see that story. Well,
2: I wanted that to be a big part is, is no matter like he, had, he's constantly worried about how far he's going. Cause it's going to take him that much longer to get back or he's yeah, constantly yeah. doing these things like that. That was set up as such a big thing, but it ended up just being this punchline where he could see seemingly teleport back home at any given time. Yeah without really any regard for how far away he was from home to begin with. Yeah. Um, which
1: bothered me a lot. Well, as the ant flies, nothing is more than a minute sure. away. Right. And that's, maybe that's, I, you know, I had that a bit of extra textual knowledge coming into this.
2: Sure. And that, that might've been helpful to me too. But I, I think that along with, um, I think I actually wanted to see more of Father Scott. Really? Yeah. yeah. And a little less, uh, a little less. Separation. I think I could have done with more FaceTime with his daughter with and, and yeah. maybe involving her more. Like I got excited when ghost, uh, around, I would call it the very end of act two was like, I will, um, uh, he has a daughter. I'll uh, I was like, yeah, here Cassie. we go. Yeah. yeah. Let's do, and it. Never. Nothing ever came of it, which don't get me wrong. It's not like I love seeing children in danger, but well, like, that's what I heard you well, say. Yeah. So, I mean, that is me, yeah. but like, I think that would have been seeing Scott, have to actually deal with his daughter being in danger instead of just coming to a room and going, leave her alone like he did last movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seeing some some growth in that protection. I don't know. I think Maybe that- that's it though, because Scott
1: shouldn't have been the protagonist of this story. It was it was Hope. Hope should have been the protagonist, but we we set up Scott as the protagonist and we treat him like the protagonist, but yeah. he doesn't have the opportunity to grow in ways the protagonists need to to be compelling
2: which which is actually why and and i'm gonna do it right here right now so that we can talk about it but i'm gonna go ahead and throw out my super dump for this movie okay um which is actually the relationship between scott and hope okay yeah which is crazy because it was was one of my favorite things from the first movie yeah but man it feels like there's nothing there it feels reductive in this movie there was chemistry don't get me wrong yeah yeah two actors had chemistry but it just felt like it was like Oh, we were so hot and heavy for a while, and then I went to Germany, and now you're mad at me, and you're still mad at me, but now we're good. But now I made another mistake and you're mad, and now yeah. we're good again, and then that's
1: our love story. In particular, I feel like the scene in the school, like Hope just did too yeah. much of a 180 there. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, actually. and it was just
2: very like with two actors as great as Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, I feel like you could have gone a lot deeper. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and again, it it wasn't the lack of chemistry. It was just like why? What was the point of them being mad? Like it seemed yeah. like it seemed like Hank and Hope being mad at Scott was just to give some first act conflict and first act reason they weren't together. But there's 100%. no real
1: reason for it. hundred percent. And I I actually have a problem with this because like their anger at Scott feels totally unjustified and it actually feels like they would be pretty psyched about him when you take into account uh, Hank Pym's comments about the Starks, yeah, like Hank Pym has always talked about in the first movie, he was talking about the Starks are trying to steal our tech. We can't trust so the Starks, selfish. hate He's, the Starks. Yeah. Ant-Man literally went to the airport to fight against Tony Stark. Yeah. And, and to
2: frankly fight for what it seems like Hank believes in. Yeah. And then after all of that, they're like, how could you... But how could you what, though? And, and I left the theater still confused. Well, I mean,
1: that's what the question. Then. Was was the Ant-Man text still a secret? At that um, point, like, it, the world knew
2: about it. It couldn't have been because uh, What's-His-Butt went Darren, public with it. Darren, yeah, Darren, Cross, Darren Cross was going to go... Yeah. But even even still... I feel like Hank and Hope are the type have been up to this point presented as the type of people to go, you made the right call. That was tough.
1: Yeah. It doesn't seem like necessarily a logical progression of any of our three leads from Ant-Man one. And I, I think that's why to me, that's why the beginning is such a weird hurdle because we have to like, in the middle, they're they're different characters than they feel like they should have been, right. and they don't get to grow into that organically because we just info dump at the beginning right. of the movie.
2: And I, but I think that's actually why I liked the beginning because the middle, <laughs> well, because the middle to me was where it was like. And finally, we're going to hash this all out. And I was like, oh, that's all they're mad about? Yeah. And and so I think it's not that the beginning was better uh, written than the middle so much as the middle is when it was revealed what had happened. And that was when I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. That's what you're mad about?
1: Yeah. And we kind of retread a lot of the same ground of them like, oh, we're so frustrated with Scott because he's just silly. He's a buffoon, but he's actually pretty capable and we're going to learn to trust him.
2: That and like, I think maybe I'm getting tired of the quantum realm a little bit. Not looking at it. But, like, that was also the first movie's plot. Really? And to be fair, I, that wasn't, like,
1: that wasn't a big part of the first movie's it plot. It wasn't,
2: but it it was the Chekhov's gun of the first movie. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's just the Chekhov's in-your-face punch. It's the Chekhov. It's the Anton yeah, it's, Chekhov from go. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, and so it was like, okay, let's, let's, maybe let's see. And honestly, if I'm being real, I think I'm tired of Hank. Really? I think I've got, I've gotten Hanked out a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, um. I don't know. I think there's a way to fix his character because it's an interesting and compelling character. Agreed. I don't get the sense that Michael Douglas particularly enjoys playing <laughs> yeah. this role. Probably he just not. Seems like Harrison Ford levels of old grouch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm,
2: I think maybe we can let Hank retire with Janet to the beach like, yeah. at the end and maybe let. Or can we? Or can we? Yeah. Uh, It feels like we, it feels like maybe we should just let Hank and hope carry the next installment. If there is one, you know what I mean? Team scope. Really? Let's let hope carry the next installment.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think after seeing, after seeing Ant-Man as a leading character in Ant-Man one and after seeing him in kind of a supporting character, like a B or C tier in terms of importance to the plot character in civil war, I think he works better just like Hulk. Like, one note, it's a really good note, but still it's only one, so yeah. it's tough to make him a protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I actually agree with that. It's funny that we agree on that but have such opposite reads of what works and what doesn't work in this movie.
2: Yeah, and I think it's because ultimately like this movie was so much fun to watch um, like it was, it was hilarious. Like I was dying laughing from a majority of this movie yeah. and the humor was well done and expected yeah. because we've seen the first Ant-Man. And so, and I think that's a result of, uh, was it Peyton, Peyton Reed. Reed coming yeah. back? Uh, great job. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong as sloppy as I feel like parts of this movie are, like it was a ton of fun to watch and like the action was great.
1: It avoids the <laughs> guardians of the galaxy two trap though, which it was guardians was like, what was the funniest joke in guardians? One we'll have that one in here three times. Yeah. And what was the top 10 funniest jokes? Great. That's our Let's first 20 jokes. Again. Yeah. Right. Like we o- I'm surprised that we only got one Luis story in this movie. Yeah.
2: And it was great. And it was really, and so, really so good. So much yeah. fun. And, and so again, I think what it boils down to for this movie is like, I think it just feels weird where it came yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, it, it does feel, uh, and I think the most common critical response to this, uh, in, in reading reviews has been, this is a great palate cleanser for the MCU. Yeah. And it reminds me that these are fun and yeah. not a bummer. And now I'm ready to go see Avengers four.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I totally get that yeah. for me, it just felt a little bit just like, and all these terrible things happened. And yeah. And it was like, and this summer, don't forget your favorite pals. Yeah, well, Ant Man. To be fair,
1: that's kind of how that kind of how Ant Man One ended. Yeah, no, right. yeah, Ant Man One was in its placement because it was between uh, Age of Ultron and Civil War. Yeah, and so we get that kind of. I don't know. I don't think these movies have to be that kind of like standalone adventure. But I did find myself like, just like in the first Ant Man, I was watching that one, going, "Okay, but what happened though? Like, this is great. This is fun." What happened because of Sokovia? Yeah. In this one, I found myself like, okay, great. This is fun. This is fun. We all know how this is going to end. Sure. Yeah. What are they going to do about it?
2: Well, and I think it was actually fun that we got to see some like consequences for civil war for somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did like that. Some, some smaller scale consequences of just like... It's like, Hey, you're under house arrest or we can like arrest, arrest you either one. <laughs> like, I think that was really fun. Um, and I, I genuinely don't want to like sound like I'm dumping all over this movie because it had so many good parts. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I actually want to get to one of those good parts Go. now, Take which is there. in that middle section um, or like, I would call it the beginning of maybe act two talking with Walton Goggins. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, we finally get introduced To Ghost. Yes. Ghost is so cool. Ghost is
1: very, very cool. Ghost is a a character from the comics that ever since I found out she was in this movie, I was so pumped.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'm familiar with that actress, but she was very good. Yeah, she
1: was really good. And this is a power that I don't... Like, it's pretty amazing that, what are we, like 10, 15, maybe even 20, geez, Years into the, yeah, we totally are 20 years into the superhero movie boom. Yeah. Cause like 20 years ago. Right. X-Men was late nineties. Was it early? 2000s? I, think it was ter-
2: I think it was 2000 or 2001. So we're but almost still, 20 yeah. years into
1: the boom into the superhero movie deal. And we haven't seen this power really not before. done like this, especially.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the phasing powers were done very yeah. well. How much did Ghost just look like a hunter from destiny? 100%. Though? Yeah. But I think that's why I was very into the costume. <laughs> uh, Cause as much as I might be out on destiny, now, I'm still very in on the concept of hunters yeah. as a thing. Yeah. Um, no, she looked so cool. Yeah. And um, her powers were great. Like, fighting her is a nightmare because she can just literally What did you, through you.
1: What did you think about her turn at the end of the movie? Because I actually have a problem with Ghost's arc in this. Well,
2: So, so what I was actually going to say about Ghost is as cool as she is, she's just kind of daring cross again. Yeah, Where it's just like, we just need somebody to step up and be a villain. So, if you wouldn't mind just being one, that would be really great for us.
1: I agree. She's got a, that weird turn at the end, which... I mean, maybe I, maybe I can save this until we get there, but there's just a lot with ghost in particular at the end of this movie that I am not a big fan yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after we meet ghost, we've got, uh, I think the next like thing of note really is the school, right? When they, when they break into yeah, Cassie's kinda, school. Yeah. Let's just skip ahead to that. And, and they break into Cassie's school to I get- I
2: thoroughly enjoyed this scene in the movie.
1: This is my super pump. Okay, cool. The, the scene in the school when Scott's regulator is broken and so he's stuck at like toddler size. Yeah, oh, it's so funny. so, so good. But I also even just love like- what we see about Cassie, the continuation that we see from the first Ant-Man where she like, she is so proud of her dad and like, she's so proud to be Scott's daughter. Yeah. And like, even she wants to bring the trophy that she got him. She wants to bring that for show and tell. Yeah. And I I think that's just really, really sweet. Yeah. I Um, agree. But yeah, this is a really, really fun scene. And I Um, liked it
2: a lot. Tiny Paul Rudd was killing me. Paulito. Paulito. I was dying pretty much for this entire scene, watching him skip down the steps to get down to the van and like climb up into his van seat. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I was particularly hungry while watching this movie. (laughs) And so when uh, Hank Pym offered uh, cheese box, box and string, and string cheese. cheese. <laughs> I literally, my first thought was, oh, that sounds great. And to which Paul Rudd immediately goes, do you actually have that? And I was like, oh man, and see their, me.
1: their reaction in this, like their relationship in this portion of the movie felt like a continuation of what we got in Ant-Man one. It
2: did because Hank felt less antagonistic. Ant-agonistic. Antagonistic. Yes. But, I don't know. It really
1: does feel like at the beginning of this movie, we like, we missed our exit. And so GPS rerouted us through some weird stuff, but now we're back on where these characters are supposed to be right right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Which is kind of what happened in the middle of this movie. I feel like just this, like in and out of like, Oh, we're kind of there. We're not really there. We're kind of there. We're not really there. Yeah, Yeah. Again, that's sort of where the pacing issue falls apart for me is in that, middle area yeah. of this movie um because because shortly after this we spend a long oh we long, skipped long over going time. to see bill foster right yeah, Lord, yeah uh brother brother larry brother larry and he's back he is back it's finally time for perry watch <laughs> <laughs> perry, perry welcome to perry watch Oh, uh, we've got him. He's in our sights. Brother Larry Fishburne out from beyond the grave.
1: Bill Foster was almost my super
2: pump. Really? I, and it's
1: not at all because of anything that he does in this movie. Because
2: it's Lawrence Fishburne. Because it's Lawrence Fishburne
1: and because I love Bill Foster in the comics. Right?
2: Yeah, he was a little one note for me in this movie. It, it, well, maybe like one note if that one note drastically changed out of nowhere. Yeah. Which I had a big problem with. Um, It was just like... Uh, yeah, I'm kind of angry at Hank, but I'm, I'm, I'm a bad dude now, but I'm not that bad of a dude. Oh, you're too bad for like, it was just like, oh man.
1: Yeah. And I think that, so his arc is I'm mad because Hank stepped on me. I'm going to help this girl that Hank stepped on. Hank's actually a good dude. And I don't think that that third turn is ever earned. No. I don't don't think any of our three leads grow or change in any way.
2: Well, and I don't, I do not think, and I think it's okay, but I do not think Hank is a good dude. I I think it in fact has been established that he is a jerk. Yeah. And that the reason he hates Stark so much is because he basically is him.
1: Yeah. And so like. And that has a long history in the (laughs) comics as well. Like Hank Pym is a trash person. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's the whole reason they set these movies about Scott. Yeah. And so it feels weird to try and pull Hank back into the spotlight for two, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know how you do this movie without him. Um, Just don't do all of the quantum realm stuff. Like, so this movie shouldn't have been about go save Janet. um, I think it could have been, I don't really know what bearing that has for any of us. And I think that's a big problem for me that I have with this movie is like, I think that if this movie had been about uh, somebody trying to get their hands on Pym tech again for the second time, but this time they have the help of somebody with drastically different superpowers. Then I feel like I could have gotten on board with maybe, uh, Scott and hope on the run in some way, uh, on the road, trying to get away from this constantly pursuing constantly one step in front of them person, which being ghost. Yeah. But instead it just felt like, let's take a big old romp around the West, the West coast and go back to the quantum realm again. Like, I don't See, know.
1: I, just, I think that you've, I think this movie, because of the way it's set up in the first Ant-Man, this movie has to be about saving Janet. But I don't think that Scott needs to be in this movie. Like, honestly, I'm I'm stoked that Paul Rudd was in this and I'm definitely not going back on our new standing policy of the sure. Papa Paul Rudd. But I think that this movie could have been The Wasp. And Ant-Man has a supporting role, like has a cameo. But again, like I think that, that Evangeline Lily should have been the protagonist. Oh, I agree. If we're telling the story of rescuing Janet. Right. That's Hope's story. That's not Scott's story. Scott doesn't care.
2: I, I agree, which is why I don't think that's what this movie should have been about. Okay. Like I I genuinely yeah. feel like I got to the point where I was just like, just go get her already. Holy moly. Like yeah. this is all, the first Ant-Man was a heist movie. Yeah. It it had this fear of we're going to get caught. We're going to get caught. We're going to get caught because of the tie with the Avengers and the fact that their powers are growing bigger. I no longer feared for them getting caught. My only fear was that they would miss their window of time. Okay. Here, let's try this.
1: Let's just try a whole bunch of different ways to save this movie. Yeah. Bill Foster and Ava, whatever her last name is, are developing their own quantum tunnel and it's a race to the quantum realm. It's a heist movie, but the object of the heist is Janet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I could get on board with that. Yeah. I think, again, I think my problem is, and Marvel's, this is not the first time Marvel has fallen to this, but it's too many antagonists. Yeah. Antagonists. Antagonists. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, okay, I, like, it's, is it a rehash of the last movie? Is it, and, and I feel like it could have been kept fresher a little yeah. bit. Um, well, but, cause we had, I mean, in terms of
1: antagonists, we had Ghost, we had Bill Foster, we had Walton Goggins, we had, uh, FBI, Jim from the office. Yeah. At FBI. Yeah. I mean, it's in,
2: in a lot of ways, especially for, for Scott who like, regardless of if we think he should be is the main character of this movie. There's no direct line of conflict yeah. to Scott. Yeah. And that's, what's frustrating. Yeah. Is like Scott's only thing he has to worry about is sneaking back home in time to not get caught by Asian Jim from the office. Yeah. Like, like if he had been entangled up in some other way, now don't get me wrong. The scene where Janet sort of possesses Scott, was brilliant. Oh my gosh. Paul Rudd acted that was it so 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 funny. perfect in yeah. that scene. But like ultimately his only thing there was to be this sort of tortured Frodo-esque character who couldn't really help in any way other than he had to be the one to do it. Yeah. Um and so like it was kind of frustrating to yeah, me. Yeah. Well
1: imagine imagine that that movie The Race of the Quantum Realm without Scott in it. And right. then they get to that point where they're like she's trying to send a message. What do we do? And then Hank Pym goes I think I might know a guy and then just cold open on him playing the drums in his house on house arrest. You right. know what I mean, like I like that's the way that Ant-Man is and should be in the movies. I
2: agree. Um, and, and actually that, that sort of brings me to my super pump of this movie. Cause I'm, uh, I'm, we're talking too negatively about this movie, especially because I don't dislike it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about my super pump, which is Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. She's um, great. As the wasp, as hope, I think that she could carry this movie. I think that she could carry an entire franchise of movies yeah. alone. Like her action sequences were the best. Her like dialogue pieces were the best. Her moments where she was like running the show or in charge or having intimate time, like with her father, like everything was so well done. Yeah. And so my super pump is Evangeline Lily the actress over maybe hope the character for this particular yeah, movie.
1: I think that's fair. Cause hope's character is a little bit, one I mean, side, is flat. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and, but my hopes are very high uh, for everything about that. My hopes are high for a hope led installment at some point.
1: Yeah. I'm just ready to see her <laughs> with the rest of the Avengers.
2: Well, honestly, can I, can I tell you the truth? I'm ready to see an ant man and the wasp movie. That's about ant man and the wasp. Yeah. That's my big thing. Cause the, and, and I mean, I get, I get the play on the fact that Hank was also Ant-Man and Janet was also the wasp. Yeah. So like I get that it was, and we can have that conversation too, but I'm ready for Scott and hope hoofing it cross country, doing something as Ant-Man and the wasp yeah, and relying on each other. And then Louise shows up. That's what (laughs) I'm waiting for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So from here, uh, let's talk about end of this second act gets a little funky. Yeah. They end up back at Bill's place.
1: Yeah, because they get captured. That's right. That's right. And that's when we find out Ava, what, what Ava's stuff. deal is. She's basically in a laboratory accident, like a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, um, which like felt weird. I liked it because this that's this movie is about like, the Ant-Man movies have always been about unintended consequences of advanced tech. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's like the logline for these movies, which is why. And I'm going to go ahead and do it now my super dump has got to be the wasp's healing touch thing that she comes back from the yeah, quantum realm. with.
2: What was so that? So basically
1: while she's in the quantum realm, her body has evolved or adapted to be able to utilize quantum healing particles, which is uh, what Scott's in there gathering in the post-credits tag. End, yeah. So she uses this, these healing particles to spoilers for the end in this movie to cure ghost of her phasing thing, but, but it's only not, temporary. Yeah. It's because more like, they've gotta they gotta keep like re-upping her. It's like a dosage. Yeah. Which to me is the anti like that's an that's what happens in an X-Men movie. Yeah. You know what I mean X-Men is about like crazy biological powers, but at the end of the day we're all humans. Yeah. These movies are all about advanced technology doing what humans can't. She's a brilliant scientist. Like we have something that fits the theme in the world of these two movies. Yeah. Like we she can come back and say, hey, I spent Apparently, like however many decades in the quantum realm. So I understand how this stuff works. Let me operate on ghosts. Yeah.
2: Oh, she says thirty years, so it would have been like the eighties. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I spent thirty years yeah. in the quantum realm. Like I understand these particles. Yeah.
2: And I could have gotten on board with that. I agree. Like as soon as the healing, t- I think I actually rolled my eyes when the healing touch scene yeah. happened.
1: Yeah. It felt so much like. Uh, Lucy's magic hug in the Santa Claus 3.
2: Yeah, yeah, it sure did. Which
1: is funny because the first movie shared a lot of similarities with Santa Claus 1.
2: Yeah, and again, here we are. Here we
1: are back in the confirmed crossover universe. So the Santa Claus 2 tells the story of Santa having to find a wife within a certain number of days or he gets to no longer be Santa Claus. Right,
2: the desantification process.
1: Ant Man tells this, Ant Man 2, Ant Man the Wasp tells the story of Scott Lang having to stay in his house for a certain number of days. Otherwise he doesn't get to keep not being in jail. Yeah.
2: So it's just weird. So it's sort of every, every movie, if you every, think about it, every is movie is really a spin Tale off of the Santa, Santa Claus. The Santa, Santa <laughs> Cly. It is
1: weird though. And maybe in all of this, we're grasping at straws, but at the end of the day, we can do whatever we want here on podcast. this show. Yeah. It's our podcast. It. Um, but it is weird that the, bo- both of the second movies, like after such a similar premise in the first movie, both of the second movies are like, on a time based deadline. Yeah. I don't know. May- tell me if that's
2: weird. Uh, hey, if the third one is about wishing he had never been Ant-Man at all, or
1: maybe going back in time and resetting some things. Oh yeah. Which I do kind of think is where we're heading. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not necessarily that that'll be Ant-Man three, but yeah, I think that's so if you're listening live right now, <laughs> we have just uncovered the secret blueprint of the Marvel cinematic universe. And it is the Santa Claus series, the Santa Clie, the Santa, Santa Claus Cli, trilogy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and, and so speaking of, I actually want to go ahead and rush through the ending of this movie, much like the movie itself did, so that yeah. we can uh, talk about that post-credit scene, which might be the most important we've had in about five years. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, But let, let's go ahead and finish up talking about this movie. Essentially, hijinks go crazy.
1: That's the perfect word for this. It's just hijinks. It is. It, it's light on plot, heavy on ooh. But like I like three stooges action.
2: I hugely appreciated the callback to close up magic yes. at the end when uh, Scott used that tactic to distract Ghost.
1: Yeah, that was very um, so good. So that
2: the building could get out. Um, I thought the car chase was fantastic uh, with the vans, everything involving cars at the end of this movie was so good. Um, the van being chased by the other cars, uh, shooting them up by going small, going underneath, getting big again. Um, a giant man skateboarding on (laughs) the pickup truck. Uh, and of course wasps swing out of a window, swing back into a window to knock out the driver. We saw that in the trailer and I still, yeah, it's so cool. Um, so that, that, Everything about that is so great, and then um, we kind of get to this this part at the end where, like, it felt like I had to suspend disbelief even more than normal a little bit because it just felt like everything had a nice, perfect bow on it.
1: Yeah. So I here's what I was referencing earlier: Bill and Ava just kind of escape into the yeah. into not even into the night, into the day.
2: Well, they're let they're let go by like they make the conscious decision to let them go.
1: Yeah, I just, I didn't love the way that their story ended and maybe it's just because they don't, I don't know if they don't have a place in this narrative or if they're just written poorly.
2: Well, it didn't, it didn't feel earned to me to have that moment in the alleyway where they're like, go without me. I'm never leaving you. it was like, oh, that's sweet, I guess.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It just felt kind of dull. Yeah. I I don't know. It, It really did feel like the movie was like, hey. Feel something, yeah. You got to feel something, yeah. and I was like, I don't think I do.
2: Um, but but uh, you know, I I liked that they got everything kind of done, but even still, like the result of victory was that you know mom's back, yeah. But that was kind of it, though.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like every, this is the problem with setting this movie when it's set. Yeah, like everything that we're like, yeah, that's catharsis. That's the end of this movie. Is undone by the post credit scene.
2: Yeah, which don't get me wrong. I think I liked the post credit scene more than anything
1: else in the movie. Almost that, that's something I realized as I sat down. as I was just going into this movie saying, "Yeah, whatever." Like Ant Man in the Wasp, cool, cool, cool. I'm ready for the post credit scene because I want to know what happens. And that's, I think that's the. I mean, they've kind of future proof themselves at the box office. Marvel has yeah. by saying like people are going to turn up to this movie even if they what they really care about is what happens in the Avengers movies.
2: Yep. yep. And 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 so basically we get our we get our nice clean ending. Everybody goes back home and, and watches just a like, drive-in movie in the
1: backyard. Just like the ending of Up, they get their fancy house on the beach right yep. next yep. to Paradise Falls. Yep.
2: And and you know it's sweet. It's a yeah. sweet ending. Whatever. Yeah. uh, Loved loved the actual ending of Tiny Car Laptop watching yeah, yeah, a yeah, drive-in yeah. and the Mothlands. Who was in laugh. the other cars? I th- I don't think anybody. I think they just set it up to look like a drive-in movie. Okay. That's my guess. Cause
1: that's my question. It's like, is that like all his friend? Like this is a weird thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it, I think it was just set up to look like a drive-in movie. Okay. Is my guess. But, uh, we, we get to the
1: end and we get to this post scene. Hang on. I'm uncovering what I think might be a plot hole. I'm pulling at this thread in the first movie. Don't they say that you have to be wearing your respirator and a regulator when you shrink?
2: Um, I think that is correct.
1: Cause there's a whole lot of size changing without a mask or breathing apparatus in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, Which we had, didn't see in the first one and didn't see in Civil War.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> false. This movie is not, uh, not a documentary. <laughs> Bummer, dude.
2: <laughs> um, I want to talk about the post credit scene. Take me there. So we arrive on the rooftop of, is that still the same building? Is that the lab? I, I think group? so. Probably. Okay. So we arrive yeah. on essentially the rooftop of the lab with Hank and Janet and Hope and Scott. Yep. And so Scott is suiting up. They have built a smaller version of the quantum tunnel uh, so that Scott can go in and collect quantum healing particles. A
1: whole lot of stuff that was just dumped on us at the end of this movie, which if you want to go quantum healing particles, why not like have them discover that that works whenever Janet comes out of the quantum realm and she's got quantum dust on her and Ghost touches it and solidifies for the first time in her
2: life. I was expecting her to come out young. Yeah. I, I feel like we should mention that now. Like young Michelle Pfeiffer? Yep. Yeah. That's what I was expecting is to be like, time works differently there. They made a big deal about that, but she's still aged 30 years. So does it really work yeah, differently? I'm in not there? sure. It was about super that. weird. Um, we're still going to be wrong. She looks great for like a 70 year old woman, but.
1: Yeah. I just, I do feel that that's weird that we went to the trouble of specifically making Janet magic, but now we're going back to the quantum realm because her magic runs out apparently go yeah like imagine imagine if ghost is trying to grab her to kill her to take her quantum energy and finds out that she gets that dust on her and she is solidified
2: like that just seems like an easy fix to me same but scott's got this canister it's essentially his ghostbusters canister to suck up uh, a ghost or his monsters inc canister to suck up some laugh energy but he goes into this quantum tunnel and they go scott scott are you there And he's silent for a few moments before he responds. And everybody, we get a good laugh in the theater. Oh, (laughs) you frightened them. You're crazy. And he he sucks up some quantum juice. And uh, he pulls the cable. He says, uh, you know, honk twice if you want to come out. You know what I mean? And nothing. No response. And he goes, guys, it's not funny. Guys, it's not funny. Guys, come on. What's going on? It's not funny. And uh, we cut back to the rooftop where Hank and Janet and Hope have all dissolved in I don't feel so good dust. Yep. 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 And uh, that's not great, huh? So
1: here is my theory. Yep. Uh, and we're, we're getting into rumor zone about Avengers 4. So if that's not your thing, maybe skip ahead like a mm, couple, couple of minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. And come back. We'll see at the rating. Uh, my theory about this is uh, related to casting news. So they have cast an older actress uh, in her like late teens to play Cassie Lang in Avengers 4.
2: Whoa. Uh,
1: there are also set photos of Robert Downey Jr. looking really, really gray. Really? I think that Avengers 4 takes place in a post snap reality several years in the future. Yeah. And, uh, we get some, some great things that I think are foreshadowing for Cassie in this movie where she says she wants to be a hero Yeah. in the comics. She is a size changing hero. That will make me very, very happy. So I think we're going to see an older heroic Cassie Lang who knows her dad is trapped in the quantum realm. Yeah. And Paul Rudd's been stuck in the quantum realm for 15, a decade. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. No, she's not that young is she, yeah. I guess a decade would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, she, 19 maybe. Yeah. I don't know we'll what grade she was in, but sure. uh, I think part of what's going to come along with this is, you know, my, and I can't remember if we talked about it after infinity war. So again, um, you know, if you're, if this isn't your thing, maybe skip ahead. But my, my big theory is that um, everything will be solved by a time warp return to the battlefield at Wakanda right before the snap. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we're going to get our big solve. Um, okay. Interesting. I think that, I think that's why they recorded these two movies back to back Um, I think that's how we're going to return to a primary timeline where young Tom Holland can still play young Peter, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to have a return back to the primary timeline before Thanos snapped. And my theory is Scott's going to have something to do with it because he is, as of right now, essentially him and Nebula, I think, are the only two non-original cast Avengers that are sticking around. That's
1: interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's all of the phase one Avengers plus Nebula. Like Nebula, Rocket, and Ant-Man.
2: Yep. And so I think Ant-Man is going to have some stuff to say.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder, I mean, he's got a canister of healing particles. huh I that's that's Chekhov's particle. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, canister that's-
2: of healing particles. And we know, we know that Doctor Strange's powers somehow access those other realities, other realms. So the quantum realm could easily be one of those. Uh, yeah. If the big thing is Dr. Strange, I mean, who's to say that Dr. Strange, if he is trapped somewhere and that's what happened to those who got snapped, the like snappies, if, they're, if, you if will. they're
1: in the soul stone, yeah. like that's a or, popular or theory. Someplace. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, who's to say that he couldn't warp to the quantum realm, get halfway there and let Scott pull him all the way out kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go from here.
1: Certainly. Yeah. There's so much of a question in in even just reading uh, Infinity Gauntlet from 1991, yeah. which is largely the basis. It's where Thanos snaps his fingers and right. destroys half of reality. Um, it is going to be very difficult
2: for them without Doctor Strange. It is. Um, It is, which is why I think Captain Marvel is going to play a huge role because her, I mean, she will be the most powerful that did not get snapped to dust. Yeah. Um, And also, you know, Brie Larson. So yeah, she's
1: great. She's great. Um, Interesting thing is that in, in Infinity Gauntlet, Adam Warlock says like three or four times, we can't beat Thanos. He controls quite literally all there is. The only time the Avengers have ever historically defeated him. Was if he decided he needed to be defeated? Yeah, like essentially, so if he got decided turn he Thanos. regretted the snap. Yeah, yeah, which I don't know. That could be really interesting.
2: But I mean, that w- with the depth that they gave Thanos in Infinity War, I could see him saying eventually, you know, seeing the result of what he had done, going, it didn't help. I've made yeah. a terrible mistake. Yeah, it would be interesting. I'm very interested
1: to see what. Happens. Yeah, I don't know. That's that movie is such a big question mark for me. And and I went into Ant Man and the Wasp knowing that it wasn't going to answer questions I, I had but i still really yep, wanted it same. like i i wanted him i really thought in the quantum realm he was about to see captain marvel i thought so I too i thought captain marvel was going to come out of the back of the van back there and then come out and the other three uh hank and janet and hope were going to get snapped away yeah um
2: I was kind of expecting something along those lines or, uh, you know, a cry for help from Dr. Strange or something coming yeah, from yeah, yeah. the tunnel. Um, now the, the crazy thing is, and I think we're about to rate this movie, but, um, there's only one movie between this and the next Avengers install. No, that's it's, nuts. It's Captain Marvel. Which means that, which means that the Captain Marvel post
1: credit scene is going to be pretty load bearing. Yeah. I think, you know what I mean? That's going to be a really important one.
2: Yep. Or not. And then we go into the next Avengers blind.
1: We don't get another Marvel movie until February of next year. That is insane. Yeah, it's unbelievable. There's is not that, a. There's is not that a f- the
2: longest gap in half a decade? The longest Feels gap like that, right? in a
1: while. I mean, there used to be one a year in between them. Yeah, like there used to be just like summer movies. Yeah, you know what I mean, there was a.
2: That's what I'm saying. In the last five years, though, isn't this going to be the longest gap we've yeah, had with that we've, one?
1: We've had two a year. And since, we normally
2: have one around now, and then one around September or October.
1: Yeah, like a fall one. Yeah, yeah there's not a fall one this oh, year. Oh, that hurts me. I know it sucks
2: very sad. Well...
1: well- that's a different movie and we're excited for it but we're not done talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp
2: well I kind of am I think it's time to rate it
1: yeah let's do it (laughs) Uh,
2: so we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have a rating system Uh, that's not the name of our show sorry we here at Two Chunks just the two of us have a rating system that is perfect Uh, it's the scientific cinema scale trademark and uh, I'm gonna run you through that right now Uh, the best thing we can ever say about a movie is to own it don't lend it buy Buy that poster. poster the next best thing we can ever say about a movie is buy it the next best thing we can say is to rent it. After that, the next thing we can say about a movie is to stream it. Following Following that, the next best thing that we can ever say, and second worst thing we can ever say about a movie is to forget it. You're better off if you just pretend this movie didn't exist. And lastly, the worst thing we can ever say about a movie, God
1: God hath forsaken us. us. So, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Rent it. Very fun movie. Um, I mean, I'm going to end up buying it because this is the first Marvel episode where I haven't mentioned that I own the special edition of all these movies. Oh, do you? I I didn't know I still do. If you've been listening for a while, don't worry. I didn't sell them. I still have all of them.
2: Interesting. I had Uh, no idea.
1: I will buy this, uh, but you shouldn't. You should should rent it. It's a great movie. It's very fun. Um, Rent it, though.
2: Sure. Um, My rating for this movie is actually going to be also rent it. Um, It has been uh, a ton of fun to watch. I think that it is a great like kind of brain dead movie that you can throw on and just like enjoy. Um, But as far as a viable chapter in the MCU overarching meta narrative, I would say that you can tune in at the post credit scene and call it a day.
1: I mean, in the same way that you could with the first name, right? Of course. Both relatively standalone. Of course.
2: Um, But, but I would say that this is an easy rent it, uh, worth a couple bucks to give it a watch and then, you know, maybe sit on it for a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good time. And now, here's the part of our show. Uh, and this is the first episode of Two Chunks Only. So it's a new segment that we're doing called Shoutouts. Basically, uh, never what, it, heard of it. what it is is we say your name.
2: Right. So we want to give a huge shout out to Vince Kelly. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Had some kind words to say about us on Facebook. Want to give a big shout out to Colton Venner. What up, CV? Thank you, sir. Want to say thank you for sending in your pumps and dumps, kind of about life. Yeah. Not really so much about a movie,
1: uh, but we will take it. Hey, your whole life is a movie. If you've got a camera, That's you true. Didn't, can take that didn't to the bank. did he
2: ask us to give pumps and dumps about future movies?
1: Yeah. So Colton, if, if you want to write in pumps and dumps for movies we haven't even seen yet, go for it.
2: Uh, I was going to give you a pump and a dump for a future movie that I uh, have no confirmation that it will exist, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's going to come out. It's a movie called uh, uh, the The Paper. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's kind of this love story about two star-crossed lovers that work at a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they're going to be played by uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Tim Robbins. It's going to be like a big age gap. Very uncomfortable. And my dump for that movie, my super dump for that movie, actually, someday will probably be that that age gap is uncomfortable, especially because I I think we're still. 10 years away. So yeah. Tim Robbins yeah okay. Would be very old. And, um, and then
1: I think if that had come out in 2050, like if that's a summer 2050 movie, yeah, whatever, that's what we're talking about. But,
2: uh, and then I think maybe uh, my super pump for this movie would probably be um, just like how good Tim Robbins looks for an 85 year old at that yeah, point. So yeah. uh, thank you PMO. CV for that question. Um, the next person that we're going to shout out is going to be Claudia Martinez. Thank you, Claudia for not only your kind words on social media, but also, for sending us a private message, also very kind. Thank you.
1: We want to round out our shout-outs with a big, chunky thank you to the fraternity Sigma Omega Phi. So yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, shouting us out. On the social media. Uh, and then finally, we want to conclude our shout-out segment of the show uh, with a very special thank you to Caleb Moore. Uh, Caleb, I know you've been telling us for a while that we just need to pony up and drink the gas that we're given and not wish it was different gas. And... We're starting to love that fast and that furious gas. Mm. And so, yeah, Caleb, thank you for always being an advocate for good, yummy gas.
2: Mm, delicious. We are all Paul Walker today.
1: Well, be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we are canceling this show right now. We are <laughs> we're not going go to back. We're going to go back to our old format. You know, we tried it. Uh, we're going to go back to the old, old three boys talking into microphones about cars. That's right.
2: Carter and- will be back next week for us to talk about the movie you know and love Fast Five.
1: Fast Five. I couldn't remember what it was called.
2: I think that's right, but I also just kind of pulled it out.
1: It's the fifth one of the car ones. Yeah. And we'll be talking about it. We'll be watching it. We would love it if you would watch with us. And if you want to get your name on the show... You can send us a pump and dump uh, through our website, which is two You can hashtag official chunky on social media or realistically at this point, just do anything yeah, and we'll shout Colt you out.
2: Vinder just kind of emailed us, but it wasn't really about anything. Yeah. And, he still and you a just heard out.
1: you. We all know his name now. So there we go. This could be you.
2: So uh, just kind of do anything and we'll, we'll basically shout you out at this point. Uh, we've been, we've been so thrilled to talk about these car movies. I can't wait to get back to car business. And if you're thrilled to get back to car business too, what we would love to ask you to do for us, a huge favor, but very simple. If you could go and subscribe to our show on whatever podcast aggregator you use to listen. And if you could give us, maybe leave us a rating and a review, uh, say something good or something terrible. either way the good one either way we'll shout you out that's true uh, so thank you so much for listening that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be it for us today yeah
1: wow and like just just candidly Jordan how do you feel like the first ever episode of two chunks only went
2: man I hated this yeah, so this much so weird. I hated every uh, second we recorded this we
1: touched feet under the table right before we started recording uh, and just kind of made eye contact about it and realized that yep this is our day now sitting by ourselves <laughs> pretending someone is listening to us
2: I haven't looked at Doge since we touched feet I'm gonna do it now for the first time in roughly a three in our, two Oh, oh gosh, you just looked at me. Yeah, it's rough. yeah, we it's it it feels even sillier than normal to sit here as though we are talking to an audience when we're just alone in a room.
1: Yeah, I desperately hope that someone is listening. Otherwise, this has been the most uncomfortable hour <laughs> of
2: my life. Well, either way, hallelujah, it's done. Yep. <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week for Fast Five and for two chunks. on will just the two. <laughs> I'm Jordan Wonders, and I'm Doge. Goodbye. See you next time.
0: (laughs) You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.